The mania can be great for a while because you get so much done and you're high energy, but it also has this total other side that is so destructive. You're listening to The Bee Podcast. Make friends, learn new things, and feel understood. Now here's your host, Sage Lally. Hey you, and welcome back to The Bee Podcast. Today, I'm excited to be chatting with Tatiana Frost, Tatiana is a mental health advocate, writer, and the founder of Bipolar Rights, an Instagram community working to destigmatize mental health and provide insights and tips for people with bipolar disorder. She is also currently writing her upcoming memoir, The Madness Effect, which details her learning experiences with mental health, relationships, and growing up. Hello, Tatiana. Hi, how are you? Good. So before we get started, I would love if you could tell me a bit more about who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Tatiana Frost. I run an Instagram account called Bipolar Rights, where I share a lot of um, information and great posts about mental health um, with the mind of bipolar disorder specifically, because that is something I struggle with. And I have had um, since, I guess you could say my whole life, but I was diagnosed at 17. And so that Instagram account is something that I use to help educate and empower people when it comes to their mental health, but also to share and talk about my experience, which I am documenting and writing about in a memoir called The Madness Effect that I am really excited to talk about and share with more people. Can you tell me a bit more about your childhood experience with bipolar and how you came to realize that you had it, what your experience with it is like, and how it's changed since then? So I was adopted when I was about three years old. I was adopted from Ulyanovsk, Russia. And a lot of my psychologists in the past have, you know, suggested that I have a trauma history from being really, really young, which I don't remember. But as a kid, I always had really big feelings like I was either happy, or I was like having a complete meltdown and my life was over. And what's special about um, writing this memoir is that I'm adding entries from my diaries that I've kept as I've aged. And looking back at those has really helped me learn and figure out how to answer this type of question about, well, how, what were the warning signs and how could I have told and, you know, how did this come about? And I found one diary entry from when I was about 10 years old. And it was really sad because I guess I'd had a bad day and it was like, I just want to die. No one loves me. And so I don't remember this, but I was the, not the happiest kid. And I think I had a lot of big feelings and didn't really know what to do with them. I struggled a lot in school with making friends. And I think at one point I was in therapy as a child for some anger management issues. And I had struggled with depression around like 13, 14, pretty badly. But, you know, you don't know, you're you're 13, you don't know what to do with that. So that didn't really go anywhere. I kind of just managed it how I could, which wasn't healthy. And then when... I turned 17, 16, 17, I started not just experiencing the depression, but also the mania. And that was when I sort of noticed like, hey, that's not normal. That's kind of off because I would go from being so depressed to so elated and it was exhausting and it was scary. And these shifts were very terrifying and unpredictable. And so I played a lot of Dr. Google, um, 
I think everyone does. And that's never a good idea. Don't do that. But eventually I took it upon myself to kind of get some answers. And that was a really hard thing to do. Um, I didn't necessarily feel like I was being supported by my family or my parents. And so it was like, I felt I had to help myself because I wasn't getting help in other places where I felt like I needed it. And so when I was diagnosed, it was because I had driven myself to the emergency room and I told the nurse on staff like, Hey, I'm going to kill myself. And I've been admitted into a psychiatric hospital and I was there inpatient for about three weeks. And then I did an outpatient program for another couple of weeks. And at the end of that treatment period, I was given the formal bipolar diagnosis. And while it was really scary, it did fit. It did make sense. Um, and since then, I've dealt a lot with managing how I feel about that label. Can you tell us a bit more about what it's like to experience mania? I'm a naturally pretty high energy person. And so mania can be hard to identify in the beginning for me. But some of the symptoms that I know that I experience are rapid speech, talking like very, very fast and having a lot to say and never like feeling almost like I can never get everything out because so much is happening in my brain so quickly. Um, Sleeping, not at all, like not sleeping maybe a few hours a day, but just feeling this overwhelming sense of energy and like, I don't need rest. Honestly, it's like being on fucking drugs. (laughs) It is. It's like being on like crack cocaine and just being buzzed and having so much energy. Um, and it's cool and it's fun to like a point like mania can be great because I become super productive. I'm able to get a lot of stuff done. I become very ambitious and driven. But then it's not as fun because I'm also way more impulsive to make bad choices and reckless. The longer the mania goes on, the worse it gets for me. And so usually it'll get to a point where it's not just being high energy anymore. It's having delusions and extreme paranoia. Um, I've had delusions where I believe I could fly or that, you know, people are stalking me out my window and that all becomes very scary, very fast. Um, And so because of that, it's like the mania can be great for a while because you get so much done and you're high energy, but it also has this total other side that is so destructive. You know, I've ruined a lot of relationships. I have made a lot of poor choices from impulsivity and it also gets really scary quickly if you're not taken care of. Um, and then the crash from that is terrible because you basically won. For me, I just took on a ton of stuff that now that I'm depressed, I cannot manage. I probably just hurt some people's feelings and a lot of people are either mad at me or like, what are you doing? And it's exhausting. Like I probably didn't sleep for two plus weeks. Usually my episodes would last for um, about a month each when they were consistent. So I'd be manic for a month and depressed for a month. Um, And it's extremely exhausting coming down from the mania. And they say the higher you go up, the lower you go down. And I also believe that I've heard that like when you don't 
treat it, the episodes become worse and worse and they happen more rapidly. And like, I think about the people who haven't been able to get access to treatment and the fear I have about being unwell and experiencing those ups and downs are just so terrible and like just impairing that it, I can't imagine where I would be if I didn't get the treatment that I needed, you know? How did you get comfortable with your diagnosis and gain the pride that you now feel? So when I was diagnosed, I hated it. I would not even say the word bipolar for a very, very long time because I hated the label. I didn't want to be associated with it. And I was miserable that I got dealt that hand. I was really uncomfortable with myself and I was, I think the biggest part of it was that I was afraid of what other people thought or would think or how they would view me differently. And I struggled with it even more because on one hand, I didn't want people to know that I had mental illness. I didn't, I was afraid they would treat me differently. I was scared of the label and all the negative stigma. But on the other hand, I knew that by being in that space and by viewing it that way, I was not helping. I was only adding to the negative stigma that I felt towards myself and towards my label. And I was in this awkward middle place where I was like, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want people to know. But I was also like, but I need to talk about it if I want this to be more normalized and to get to a place where the stigma isn't even here. And so I ended up doing something. um, I was in art therapy at the time. And I remember saying to my art therapist, um, I just wish there was a local organization that worked to destigmatize mental health. And she said, well, there is. And I was like, hmm. And the organization was called Peace Love. And she said, and every year they do an annual event where people with mental illness or who work in the field talk about their experience as a way to destigmatize mental health. And I said, I want to do that. Because I felt that the best way for me to overcome the fear was just to do it, you know, just to talk about it. And so I ended up talking about it in front of hundreds of people live on stage. And now it's on YouTube. And like, I remember going up and my heart was beating and feeling like I was going to be just so terrified and ashamed and I started talking about it and I did my speech and then at the end, everyone came up to me and they said how they related or how that speech helped them. And they told me their stories and their experience. And that was such a big turning point for me because it made me feel accepted and less alone. And it showed me that I didn't need to be afraid of the stigma. I want to talk a bit more about your memoir. Who are you hoping reads this book and what are you hoping they take from it? The people I'm believing will read this book in reality are people that either have a loved one with a mental illness, uh, specifically bipolar disorder one or two, and then people who have bipolar disorder who are looking for someone to connect with or looking to learn more about the illness. And so that's who I'm expecting to read it. And then the message I'm hoping they get from the book really is being able to take a shitty thing and make it positive. Being able to develop that pride in yourself and take away the shame because that's something that's really, really important for me and 
all the stuff I do with mental health work is destigmatizing it because that's the best that's the best thing that we can do for people with mental illnesses is take away that stigma because for me I know that was the hardest thing for me to deal with I love it okay I ask everyone at the end where can we find you on the internet you can find me on Instagram at bipolar underscore rights rights as in writing a word yeah Thank you for listening to The Bee Podcast with your host, Sage Lally. If you liked today's episode, be sure to leave us a review. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Your story has the power to help others. If you step out in boldness and have the bravery to tell it, there are people here who will listen. You just have to speak. That's all for now. See you next time. Bye.